0: You're listening to the Eastside Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. This sermon was recently preached at our church. We want to encourage you to visit our website at eastsidesf.com. Now, enjoy today's sermon. Praise the Lord for another good song this morning. I could not have had a um, better setup for... My message this morning than the Sunday school lesson that we had this morning where the Jeremy uh, really had no idea what I was going to be preaching about today um, but he's in the book of Exodus which is where I'm going to be in the book of Exodus I'm sorry Deuteronomy um, but um, very similar thought patterns that are brought out in a message that everybody has probably heard here several times before other than our visitors so turning your Bibles to Deuteronomy chapter 32, if you will. Deuteronomy 32. As long as I've got these guys up here, might as well use them. There's little babies under there. We'll leave them. So if you had made your way into my office over the last X years, um, so people have heard me preach different messages and I've said that I've told the church that I one time I made the mistake of saying I really like multi-milk balls. I know they're not multi-milk balls. That's what I've called them all my life. And I bet I had 20,000 multi-milk balls come through my office. And it's really hard to eat those in one week, I'm going to tell you. But uh, then I had mentioned that I liked um, um, lighthouses. And then I had dozens of lighthouses that came in. And then eagles. And I've preached the eagle message a hundred times here. Maybe, I don't know, half a dozen times. And then my office filled up with eagles. And one of my favorite ones, which is uh, is uh, getting packed, is one that George's brother, Corny, I think is it. Am I getting that right? Had carved for me. Uh, beautiful. And I'm going to have to get that one packed special and uh, shipped in a special way because I don't want to chance that in a pod. Um, but uh, so for those of you that have heard me preach this a bunch of times, I I will tell you this, that I will never have preached it from this perspective, I can promise you that, and the message that uh, is in this this morning is as much for me as it would be for anybody else here. Of course, the Word of God always is for both of us, the one preaching and the one uh, who is receiving, but So if you're in Deuteronomy now, drop down, did we say chapter 32 already? Deuteronomy chapter 32. Brother Jeremy's uh, lesson slash message in Sunday school today was about God leading us. That God is the one that directs our life, and if we are yielded uh, to the Lord, God, he definitely will direct us, and that is is so very true. Um, I, I don't think it was the devil that brought you here this morning i'm pretty sure it was god that poked your heart and said it's a good thing to be in church and so you're here and dahlia so good to have you man those of us have been praying for dahlia and um, so we got the latest news and we're still praying that there's a god in heaven that can do far beyond what man can do so keep praying for dahlia and nancy um in uh, their battles there with cancer So um, look, if you will, in Deuteronomy 32 and start in verse 1. And as we get going here, please, this will be helpful for you to understand that. What God is doing here, he's come to the children of Israel. This will help you if you can get this in your heart and mind. He's coming to the children of Israel and says, can I just remind you how I led you across the wilderness? And it's amazing to me How many times God has to point us backwards to help us in our journey forwards? Because we so easily forget what God did for us, and we struggle with the future as if we're trying to reinvent the wheel every day of our life. And God says, can I just remind you of how like, you guys followed me, like the lesson said this morning in Sunday school. But if somebody was to say those words that I hear so often today, well, what does that look like um, for God to lead us? God says so right here, how he does that. And, and in this passage of Scripture, he makes it vividly clear. And I love how God uses the example of animals. I, I love the outdoors. I, I love to hunt. I, um, I, I love to watch hunting. Uh, videos I love to see um, anything that's outdoorsy or to do with animals I I love that and so when God uses an example of an eagle I mean I my eyes my heart perks up those of you guys that like to do the online thing and and click on eagle hunting oh my goodness now don't do it during the service please but go home today and just click on that watch these eagles hunt um I've seen them chasing grizzly bears and grizzly bears running for their life. Well, this eagle is running from it, and it, one grabs this goat off the side of a mountain and carries it away, and all kinds of things. So I, I love the wildlife, and I love it when God brings in uh, these kind of examples. It helps stick in my mind so well. And I hope that you'll allow the Lord to speak to you, and, uh, and you'll be somewhere in this message. All of us are somewhere. I can promise you that in the example of what God is giving this morning. So here's how God says, uh, I want to remind you what I did for you. So now look in, um, again, Deuteronomy 32. Let's start and let's say in verse 7. Start in verse 7 with me and we'll go down to 12. So here's God's words. He's just, this is pretty much saying, look backwards, guys. It'll help you going forwards. Remember the days of old. Consider the years of many generations. Ask thy father, and he will show thee thy elders, and and they will tell thee. When the Most High divided to the nations their inheritance, when he separated the sons of Adam, he set the bounds of the people according to the number of the children of Israel. For the Lord's portion is his people. Jacob is the lot of his inheritance. And notice now he kind of gets a little more specific here in verse 10, he found him, those people of Israel, uh, in a desert land and in the waste howling wilderness. He led him about. Uh, He instructed him. There's that guiding. um, He kept him as the apple of his eye. And then here's that uh, animal example, the one of an eagle. And he says, guys, this is how I did that. And if you can uh, remember this, he says. It'll help you as you're making your way into the future to remember when you look backwards. Oh, yeah, we went through some of that back here, and then we thought God had deserted us, uh, but in reality, it was his guiding hand in our life. So now, when I'm in the midst of what I'm going through today or in our future, you can be mindful that I've not deserted you. I'm as close to you now as I have ever been. And this is how. He describes that in verse uh, 12 11 verse 11 as an eagle stirreth up her nest fluttereth over her young spreadeth abroad her wings taketh them beareth them on her wings so the lord alone did lead him i led you like that he said and there was no strange god with him. So let's have prayer and then we'll get into this message. Lord, I'm grateful to be able to preach uh, from this passage of scripture again. I know we cannot exhaust the word of God. I know man is limited in his understanding of your word and and uh, sometimes we can be a little redundant, but I know that we'll never exhaust the truth that are in any one verse of the Bible. So I'm asking God that the Holy Spirit will look into every heart here this morning and know where they're at, know where we all are, and remind us of what we need so badly today to to be reminded of and to know that God is leading our lives even today as we're here this morning. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. So, um, again, God is just saying, I want to show you how I lead your life. Maybe I could highlight um, or headline this message with the thought and I know uh, some guests are here this morning and maybe first time may not be aware of some things that um, my wife and I, again we've been spending all week packing and, and then weeks prior to that as well, preparing for a move that God has led us in and I need you to hear those words um, without a doubt in my heart I can look at this passage of scripture today and say that's how the Lord has has led me so so clearly. Uh, I can't tell you that um, you know some of those things uh, haven't hurt and have been sharp, and I've not always understood why. And that there probably were there was a few times where it seemed like God had deserted, but the whole time God had led. And as I've gone through this passage of scripture again. For today. It is, it is so clear for me, but it is so clear for our church as well with where not just me and my wife are, but where you are as the congregation. And I believe how God wants to lead us. So let's look at how the eagle um, kind of uh, helped the little eaglets down in the nest to get out of the nest and to learn how to become uh, more mature and how to grow in such a way that they can now soar across the land and they can be the ones to bring the food in and they can be the ones to, uh, to be the adults. And God has to bring us through a phase of uh, several different phases to get us to be where uh, he wants us to be. We may not always like those different phases, but I promise you it is so good for us if we'll um, hold on to the hand of God. So if you'll, if you'll understand, first of all, that when you read about the eagle, that's going to be an image of God himself. Uh, uh, you talk about this huge nest, and we'll talk about that here in just a moment. The nest is representative of the circumstances of life that you are involved in. And then you've got some little guys on the inside of the nest, we call them eaglets, um, freshly hatched out. They're pretty ugly. Um, and then they begin to grow and, and have the, I started to say fur, but uh, feathers, uh, and they get a little better looking in life. But those little eaglets inside are you and me, and how God wants to get us out of the nest and to get us soaring and to get us doing what strong mature Christians need to be doing in in this life. I hope we are. I hope we're not content with just staying in the nest and spending our entire lives fighting to stay in the nest. I know God wants us, wants to get us out. Notice what this mother does to, to lead this, um, those little eaglets in the nest, uh, to lead them along, to get them out of the nest, to get them to begin to grow up. The first thing she does, look there in verse 11, um, the Bible says, as an eagle stirreth up her nest. Can you look back up here? Remember, God said, now I want to remind you how I led you, and I want to show this to you how. Uh, so I can give you a visual of what it was like as I led you on to places where you needed to be. And he says, the first way I did that was like <clears throat> when a, a mother eagle comes down into the nest and begins to stir the nest up. And somebody maybe who's maybe not uh, studied it out or, or heard uh, uh, lessons or whatever about an eagle may not be aware of what what in the world does she mean by stirring up a nest. Well, if you could find the nest of an eagle, and some of us, have pointed them out to me even here on the way to Brandon and then on the way up um, 229 there's one alongside the river and all kinds of uh, places where these nests are they're huge but if you can get up on the side of a cliff um, you'll find a nest that could possibly be 15 to 20 feet broad that's pretty broad and they say on an average one of those nests can be up to 2,000 pounds Um, they have not logs, but they've got sticks that have been building there for several years, if I understand it right, and, and then um, so you say a nest out of sticks, that would be kind of rough for a little eaglet when it hatches out of the nest, it would be hurtful for them, and so the mother knows that, so she will take the fur of rabbits, even lamb's wool, I've even mentioned how um, uh, articles of clothing have been found in, uh, in those uh, eagles' nests and so forth. Lots of things that they can find that were soft and tender, tufts of grass that when you get down inside that nest, man this is like a feather bed. Has anybody ever had a feather bed or a feather pillow? Those are so soft and those little eaglets love that and they're so comfortable and um, the mother sees feathers growing on the little eaglet. She sees strength building up. They see that She sees them fighting in the nest and she knows that those wings are beginning to build up, and it's time for them to get out of the nest so that they can learn how to be an eagle, and to fly, and to soar, and to do the hunting hunting for their family as well. She notices the need for them to get out of the nest, and so they love the nest, and who's going to get out of a nice cozy nest? Who's going to get out of a recliner chair that is, you know, you've sat in it long enough that it's Fits your image. I mean, you get out of the chair, and there's your image in the chair. It's perfect. I love that. Remote is right here, soft and cozy on a nice winter's day. You crank that little gear shift on the side, and your feet go up, and this is great. Why, what's going to make you get out of that recliner? Uh, honey, trash needs to be taken out. Um, honey, you forgot to hang your clothes up. Uh, your clothes are on the floor. Remember, you're supposed to go in the basket, not outside. You're not gonna get up for that. Um, I have been sitting in a chair like that where I've uh, had a dinner plate and dumped it, and you're up pretty fast when that, when that happens. But what makes a, what makes a little eaglet wanna get out of a nice, soft, and cozy nest? It's been all they've ever, listen to this, it's been all they've ever known. It's so comfortable, it's, it's what I know. It's my setting in life, and I, and I don't want to get out of here. I'm, this is great. They might climb up and peek over the nest and look out, and then, I mean, they're on a cliff, and they see what's down below, and they're like, no way, and they jump back down in the nest. They want to stay there. So what the mother does to get that eaglet willing to get out of the nest, she, what did he say there in verse 11? God said, this is what I had to do for you guys. Uh, uh, as an eagle stirreth up her nest, I did that to your circumstances that eagle, will. she'll get down in there and start to rip out some of the rabbit's fur. She'll pull away the lamb's wool on some places and that nice soft grass. She'll throw that out, and those little eaglets are running around down in there now, and maybe a thorn is now exposed, a sharp branch, and where they used to lay in that, their nice reclining chair is now a bunch of sticks, and it doesn't feel so good, and they start to think this is not what life used to be like. I don't love this so very much, and uh, i got to find something better than this. Now, you know, that's a process in the Christian life. There's a lot of Christians, if we can look at it in your life and in my life today, who thoroughly enjoy where you are in life. And as far as you're concerned, I don't need to make any changes in my life. I, I, why, why change? Things are, are really good the way they are. I, I enjoy what's going on. I'm reminded of Psalm 55, 19. Please listen. God shall hear and afflict them, even he that abideth of old, Selah. Listen to this verse. Because they have no changes, therefore they fear not God. You've grown so accustomed to uh, your environment and your setting that you've spent years making nice and cozy that uh, really you're depending now on the circumstance and don't even realize how we've shifted our trust and our hope and our help in the things that surround us, maybe the nest that you're involved in, and have turned our attention away from God. You say, I would never turn my attention away from God. I come to church, I read my Bible, but what we may not realize is how comfortable you have become with where you are, and while you may still be in fellowship with God, you're not willing to move on in life. You just want to stay where you're at. And so God comes down inside your circumstances tosses some things around and makes you stop and say, what in the world is God letting happen to me? God doesn't love me like he used to love me. If he really loved me, this difficult circumstance would not be happening to me. And all along, God is saying, I just need to remind you, if you look backwards in life at the number of times I've led you, there have been a lot of times that I've had you in some really difficult circumstances that you simply could not understand what was going on and why God would be would be doing something like this therefore Psalm 55 again verse 20 said he has put forth his hands against such as be at peace with him so he puts his hand in our lives he reaches down in our nest our our life circumstances that we've again we've grown so cozy with those things and we enjoy where I'm at in the Christian life. Why do I need to change? Why would I need to do anything different than what I do? In some cases, some of you guys t- come to church and you run to three or four different ministries. Praise God for that. Maybe God has something even possibly different than that. Some come to church and we listen to the message and we leave. And that's, maybe that's the extent. I don't know of your Christian life. Maybe you read your, the word of God at home. Uh, maybe you have a time where you pray with God. But please listen to this. God is never satisfied with where you are right now. God always wants to move you on. God always wants you to grow into a greater place in the Christian life. Peter taught us, but grow in the grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. You can't stay where you're at and be growing. Uh, God wants to multiply things in your life and make you more usable and there's a there is a greater life out there than what you might expect while sitting in the nest if i want to tell you i might take a couple of extra minutes this morning but i i really feel like i i uh, would um need to share these uh, illustrations with you honestly um other than climbing mount katahdin which you guys are probably sick of hearing of that too these last two weeks have been the hardest weeks of my life last week and a half Uh, The the moving thing, and and, uh, boy, if we had things to do over again, uh, we'd change how we fill our house and so forth, but but uh, in the midst of the moving, uh, let me tell you two things that have taken place that, um, again, I, I didn't like what was happening, but in the middle of the stirring of our nest, I looked up and saw one of my neighbors shoveling uh, his driveway, and, and, and I could tell he was down the, to the mailbox where the windrow had come along and piled up snow. And I ran over to help him, and I, and I said, hey, Terry, let me help you with the shoveling, and he just looked at me and started mumbling, and he had things in his hands, and he would just look at those, and I said, Terry, are you okay? Um, and this goes on for a couple of minutes, and he just turns around and walks in the house, and I knew something wasn't right, and within a, f- a few minutes, here comes um, a policeman. He had called... Um, had the sense to be able to call the police, 911. They came, I told them what I had seen, and long story short, uh, Terry had had a, a, a stroke. It affected his speech. That's about all that it really affected his speech and other things around his, I think his vocal cords or something. So I go up to the hospital a couple of days later. I've prayed for Terry for 20 some years that we might be able to have a good opportunity to witness to him, and, and I'll just tell you the the long story short of it was, he couldn't verbalize anything. But he understood everything perfectly he could write down hear me perfectly respond with some sign language and so forth and i asked him if i could share the gospel with him got to go through the whole gospel with terry and asked him if he would uh, like to receive the lord and he said yes i would and uh, in the silence of his heart um, terry prayed and received christ after 20 some years been praying for that i'm like praise the lord in the middle of this mess god you let this happen praise the lord you had a purpose i you know you can begin to to see that some of you have been praying for terry and uh, he can now come off our our prayer list he's on the prayer list and has been for a long time this past friday um it was the really thursday or friday um it's it is craziest day of the packing of the pods it's just bodies going in and out of the house and I want to say praise God for all you guys that helped I can't thank you enough for all those who did what all you did to help us it was amazing but um, does anybody ever remember my embarrassing illustration of when we first moved into that on that street a neighbor came walking across and um, and I thought coming to visit us and welcome us to the neighborhood so nice knocked on the door, I opened the door, and it was anything but nice, Uh, very upset that uh, my brother-in-law had parked his car the wrong way on the opposite side of the street and so on, and uh, just kind of railed on us for a little while. I'm like, welcome to you too. I didn't say that. I didn't say that. I wanted to say that, but I didn't say that. I'm not going to go into all the details I've gone in before, but she was short and we sing a song deep and wide and that's as far as I'm going to go with that. Um, I just noticed how much more she was as she walked away than when she was walking to us. And I had an attitude, I was pastoring Eastside Baptist Church at the time and I would drive by her house, I mean right across the street, I'd look at that house like, wow, some neighbor and I'd come home after working on a message. I would come home and I'd uh, stare at the house for just a minute as I pulled in. And I drove back by the next morning and something began to poke me in the heart. I'd come here and preach messages about the peace of God and the love of the Lord. And I knew I was wrong with God. And I went across the street one day and knocked on her door. One of the most embarrassing visits I've ever made. And she came to the door, kind of like, yeah. And I said, I just want to tell you, I introduced myself properly, told her who I was. I said, I'm, I'm a pastor. I said, I have to tell you that I've had a bad attitude and some things, the conversation the other day was uh, I allowed it to get to me in a way that I shouldn't have. And I, I sh- uh, Christians should not be that way. And I said I, I said, I just come to ask you to forgive me for my attitude. I want to be a good neighbor to you. And she began to um, apologize to me and tell me how what was going on in her life was she had a daughter who had a brain tumor at the time and you guys know uh, what it's like when you're under stress and how you're not who you really are. So we began to pray for years and years and years and years and years for God to be able to give us an opportunity to witness to her and her husband and Thursday she came over a box of um, um, cherry bars of some sort and uh, and kind of weeping kind of got weepy a little bit and just said something like there's just not neighbors like you around uh anymore in this world and so she got a little teary-eyed if i'm not mistaken and yvette says uh you know can can we just talk in the back room because it was so busy in there and um so she took her in the back room talked to her began to tell her about the lord and how we'd prayed for her for years um and i just want to tell you what a joy to, to walk back in that room and to have Bev say to me, uh, your wife just opened my eyes to the truth, and I just received Jesus Christ as my Savior. Two of our neighbors, just um, in the midst of some really difficult circumstances, you wonder why, how can things be so hard, and why can they be so hard? And then for something like that to happen, God's just like, just remember, I've been working a plan this whole time. And I could say this, that if the only reason I moved to, um, what's our address there? 316 North Meyer Lane and 312 North Meyer Lane. If the only reason we lived in those two houses, side by side, uh, was to somehow have an impact in the lives of two people, it was worth it all. God was working a plan the whole time. While the nest was being stirred, there was a God in heaven working his plan. So what else does God do? He stirs up the nest. Look in verse 11, there's another step. As an eagle stirreth up her nest, and then fluttereth over her young. He very clearly puts a comma in there. says there's another process that's involved in this, and that that is when uh, that mother eagle kind of leaps up from the nest from life circumstances, listen to this, gets a little higher than the circumstances are and begins to flutter. And when she begins to flutter, all the little uh, feathers that had fallen into the nest and pieces of fur and things begin to fly around. And here's little eaglets in the bottom running into all the briars and thorns and griping and complaining. And uh, you know, guys, if, if it had never gotten rough in the nest, they'd never have a desire to get out. And so the next step is for them to see what in the world is causing this stir. Uh, it's fluttering over uh, over our head. And so the mother wants them to get their eyes off of life's circumstances and to look up. Find out what's causing this stir. Take a look upwards. And so once the little eaglets look out of the nest and stop griping at the little uh, brother or sister next door or the sharpness of the circumstance in their nest and they look upwards they're no longer seeing what they are sitting in they begin to see something else they may have really never seen it quite like that before but her desire was i really believe is simply to get their eyes off of life's circumstances i remember isaiah in the book of isaiah he said uh when Uzziah died, that was the king at the time. He said, that's when I saw the Lord. That's when I began to look upwards that, and I stopped seeing life's circumstances the way they really were. Now, let, I'm going to go uh, beyond that uh, a little quicker than I normally would. Verse 11 again, as an eagle stirreth up her nest, fluttereth over her young, and then notice what she does next. She spreadeth abroad her wings. Um <clears throat> I'm, I've seen the pictures now, I've watched some of the videos, but um, it's pretty amazing if you can see some, especially some of the larger eagles' wingspan can be up to nine feet broad. Uh, They're very strong in their wings. I remember uh, the story of a, a hunter who came upon a, an eagle that was wounded, and I don't remember how it was wounded, one of its wings were wounded, and a coyote was trying to take it down, and it was fluttering around on the ground, and Somebody called in um, uh, about the, the danger to the eagle, and they said, well, was the eagle's claws still good? Oh, yeah, both claws were working great. He said, don't worry about the eagle. It's going to take care of itself nicely. Uh, an eagle is so strong, they can land on your wrist, and if they just clamp down, it would snap the bones in your wrist. That's how strong they are. And when those wings begin to spread abroad like that, um, those little eaglets look up, and they begin to see their mother like they have never seen her before. You know what they always saw before was um, who's those little guys that go around to the restaurants now and picks up food and delivers it? It's a business. Food dudes. Okay, that's why I didn't know who they were. I started to say Fitbits, but that's something you wear on your wrist, isn't it? Food dudes. <laughs> that's all they ever, you know, they'll pick up food at a restaurant and they'll bring it to your address I guess, that's what they do Uh, hopefully you get most of it uh, by the time they get there but so mom has always been the (laughs) food dude The, the bird that brought the food to the house, that's all they ever saw and they really probably didn't look so much at mom as they did, you know, the next fish or rabbit, whatever it was they were being brought into the nest, and that's kind of the way they saw mom. And I'm just going to tell you this, guys: isn't that so much like us? That we just begin to see God as somebody that hands out. We always want to see the gift and not so much the giver that's giving it. And and uh, God is just the you know the God that provides my next meal and makes sure I get my next paycheck and and gives me the health to get out of bed and we don't stop to see the God who's bringing it to us. That's the problem with these little eaglets. They, they forgot how strong and powerful their mother really was, and now all she's doing is fluttering over uh, the nest, and they, they begin to see their mother like they had never seen her before. Philippians 3.10 says, that I may know him and the power of his of his resurrection. Thorns were never intended to make us... Miserable, but rather to demonstrate the mighty power of God. I I love the way the psalmist says it. He said, I will look under the hills from whence cometh my help. My help cometh from the Lord. Well, who's going to say that as long as you're staring at How tough life is for you right now and how difficult life could be. And and if so-and-so wasn't like this, my life would be so much better. And all God has done is allowed your nest to be stirred up to cause you to look up and see that there's something so much greater than what you've been living in for the last God knows how many years, weeks or months. It's time to grow. It's time to look up and realize there's more to life. Then he goes on to the next little step. One of my favorite steps that is taken here. So verse 11 again, As an eagle stirreth up her nest, fluttereth over her young, spreadeth abroad her wings, and then here we go, guys, ready for the trip of your life. Taketh them, beareth them on her wings. Um, So if that little eaglet won't jump, if it'll come up to the top of the nest and peeks over and there's no way... I'm going back down in the nest. I don't care how rough it is down there. Uh, maybe they'll, she'll get them outside of the nest and they're on the edge of the cliff and they're looking over the edge of the cliff and they run back, get to the end of the line, try to shove brother or sister up to the front of the line. They, nobody wants to go over that cliff. Mother Eagle's trying to nudge them a little bit. No, nah, I'm not doing it. Not jumping down that cliff. No way. You're never going to learn to fly if you don't jump. No, nah, then I'll walk the rest of my life. It's okay I'm told that the mother eagle will take the little eaglets um, and toss them over onto her back and they'll clamp down with everything they have she spreads off those big broad wings and jumps and those little eaglets eyeballs bug out she's going out over this broad valley down below and they get enough nerve to kind of peek over and see what's down below like they can't believe what all is down there uh, I can't believe all the, the animals that are down there, the, the, the rabbits that we could be getting, you know, the trees that I could explore and I've never seen before. And it becomes interesting to them. She taketh them and, and bears them on her wings and flies out over there. And, and these little eaglets begin to see that there really is something more to life than what's in this one little circumstance that they have been stuck in for years. Now, that circumstance was the will of God. It's where God wanted them to be. It's what enabled them to grow up beyond where they were in the egg. But now it's time to see that there's so much more to life. And I'm just going to say to you guys, there's so much more in this life that God wants you to do. God doesn't want you to be stuck where you're at. Even serving in a church like this here stuck in a nest. I mean really, is that what you want to do the rest of your life? We love those verses that talk about soaring as eagles, you know, and and we think that's the greatest verse. It's a good verse to put on, hey, a good verse to put on our office wall or uh, in my in my uh yeah, in the basement wall or whatever where I can read those verses about soaring, you know, saints. But when it comes to me being the one that needs to soar, we don't want to get out. We don't want to do uh, you know, the jumping and the leaping, but there's something greater than what you're doing right now, always. Uh, within the structure of the of a body of believers like this, there's so much you could do to serve the Lord. Brother Jett will be here now in two weeks. Uh, he'll step in this pulpit. It will be Pastor Jason Jett at that time. And I'm just telling you, it would be such a blessing to have uh, for that man to have Different people from time to time walk up to him and say, I, I want to get out of the nest. I, I, I want to get involved. I, I want to be a part of whatever. It's scary. I don't know what I'm supposed to do. But if you could use me in some ministry, I'm available. And God wants us to get beyond where you are. You need to grow. When you get to heaven, guys, the rewards are going to be unbelievable. And we're all going to look backwards from heaven and wish, Oh, God, why didn't I do so much more for a God like you? So those little eaglets are getting pretty brave now. The clench into the mama's back is not so tight, and she senses that, and she dips a wing like this. Guys, don't miss this. And that little eaglet loses its mount and begins to tumble through the air, and those eagles are hundreds of feet up in the air. And that little eaglet is tumbling head over heels, and it sees the ground, it sees the sky, ground in the sky. I'm dead. God doesn't love me. Uh, my mom has forsaken me. Uh, I'm going to have a complex the rest of my life because of this. And right before it hits the ground, uh, you know, I'm, I'm going to, you know, look like a bottle of red paint on the bottom of the floor here in just a moment. I'm dead. God doesn't love me anymore. That mother eaglet has kept her eye. Uh, that mother eagle has kept her eye on the eaglet the whole time and has never taken her eye off of that little eaglet. And right at the right moment, swoops underneath that little eaglet and picks back up, uh, that little eaglet on her back, takes it back up into the air, and the process goes over and over again. I've been that one tumbling through the air. You've been that one where it did, just didn't seem like there was anything solid that I could hold on to in this life, like, like the foundation got jerked out from under our feet, like I don't have anything solid in life, and where is God when I need God the very most at a time like this, Really? You just dumped me in this life, and you're letting me just go to my own death. Everybody else seems to be so blessed, and my brothers and sisters are safe on the cliff up there, and I'm dying, and all of a sudden, that uh, eagle comes up underneath that little eaglet, picks it back up and brings it back up in the air and starts the process all over again. I don't know how long the process takes, but can you imagine after a couple of weeks of this, that little eaglet flopping, those little nubs on the side of its body, and all of a sudden one day that the, the wind catches under its wings and it soars for a little bit, then it flops for a little bit and then it soars for a little bit and it kind of soars down and half crash lands into a tree, sits there in the tree and says, I made it. I can fly. I can do what I never thought I would ever do. And I'm just saying in the Christian life, you're going to flop for a while. You'll fail for a little bit. You'll think I was never intended to do something like this in life. But you're strengthening your wings. God's doing something for you that he could never do unless you experienced it quite like this. We all have our stories, don't we? Uh, We all have things that we've been through that were hard and difficult and we can look back on and now realize God was shaping me. God was helping me during that time. God was teaching me that some things in life can only happen in the midst of turmoil and sometimes in the midst of heartache and grief, and and God does something for us there that he can't do at any other time in our life. Those little eaglets now are soaring on their own. They're building nests of their own now. They're doing things that they have never done in their life before. But it took somebody, boy, don't miss this, it took somebody loving them enough to do what it took to get them out of the nest they were in, to get them to where they needed to be in their walk with God that old mother eagle gets old I don't remember how many years they can live but I think it's decades that an eagle can live and here's what's really sad about the aging eagle an old gristle will begin to build up on the outside of its beak and it can't rip and tear the you know the meat apart like it used to do its feathers have grown crumpled and have torn off and even ripped out and she can't soar like she used to soar She's not the same eagle she used to be because, Brother Larry, we were talking last night about aging and what it does to the old body um, is is not fun. And when you're an eagle and you want to soar like an eagle uh, and you're flopping around now, things are not good. So here's what that mother eagle will do. If you could see this, it'd be quite a sight. I'd love to have it on, on video. She'll get down next to some, maybe a, a, yeah, a tree, but more than likely a, a big rock, and begin to pound her head into the side of that rock. And you'd think suicide. <laughs> that's what it's trying to do. But Ben keeps pounding her head on a rock until that old gristle breaks loose. And underneath the gristle is the sharpness that's always been there, always has been there. And uh, so now she has her sharp beak back. Then she goes up to the rock, begins to rub her wings against that, and the tail feathers, rubs until there's blood just oozing out of the wings and the, and the tail. And you're like, okay, if Ed gone crazy beating his head against the rock now, definitely has gone wacko. But the flowing blood brings new life into the areas that have been so worn. And she'll grow brand new feathers and have those wings and the tail feathers that can guide and direct her flight like it always did before but it took some pretty rough edges in life to wear off those things that were hindering what she used to be able to do um i I love what the bible has to say uh isaiah 40 31 you want to go there with me and we'll wrap this up isaiah 40 31 Here's a verse you probably have somewhere in your house, I'm guessing. Maybe it's a, again, maybe it's a plaque. I love the verse. It reminds me that I can soar like an eagle. Isaiah 40, are you in verse 31 with me? I want you to see this. The Bible says, imagine somebody aged. Um, verse 30 says, even the youths shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fall. Notice this in verse 31. But... They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary, and they shall walk and not faint. I love love the phrase, they that wait upon the Lord, what does it say will happen? Shall renew their strength. Like the old eagle, gristle on the beak and and the feathers all torn apart like a Christian that's so aged, maybe an old, and feels like I, I'll never be able to serve God at this age. I, my life's pretty well wrapped up now, not able to do much for God, or, or I, I, maybe you're not uh, in the aged process, but maybe life's just been tough and difficult, and you're not able to do what you used to do. I mean, guys, you understand the rock that he got up against is so indicative of the rock of ages that we need to get up next to and rub my life's circumstances into and let the Word of God shape and draw fresh blood back into my life to enable me to continue on and serve God till the day I die. I, I want to be able to serve Him till I die. <clears throat> I, I don't want to kick back in a recliner. Um... All my life, I want to sit there some, maybe in the evenings. But I don't want to park there and stay there. I, I want God to use me until I die. Don't you want to serve him till you go? Wouldn't that be a blessing just to know that God is still using my life? So, you're in the message here somewhere. It's very clear that in this, this passage, those two verses, verse 11 or 12 or Isaiah 40. You're there somewhere, but my question to you is, have you just put it in park and said, I'm here to stay, and don't try to budge me? there's There's a hymn we used to sing, and the title of the hymn is, I Shall Not Be Moved. Now, that's good if you're talking about standing solid on the the doctrines of the Word of God, and that's what it means, I, I shall not be moved. But when it's talking about me growing in the Lord and becoming the next thing that God wants me to be for Him, that's not a good song to sing. And what God wants out of every Christian here today is a yielded heart, and an open heart. Are you scared to say, God, if you want to move me along to the next step here, if there's more I need to be doing are you scared to say, here I am? Use me however you want to use me. What are you afraid of? Are you afraid God may bless you more than he's ever blessed you? Well, no, it's not that. Well, what is it? Well, I am just not made to do that. That's why he's making you into what you can be for him. i um, preached here for a lot of years. Uh, with, with all my heart, I've preached to try to get us to be conformed to the word of God and I would hope that we as a congregation would not get so stuck in our circumstances and so comfortable with where we are that we're not willing to grow and let God lead us on you know you got to be in the family of God for God to be able to help you you know that right you got to be part of the family of God please listen and I'm done If you're here this morning and you don't know what it means to be saved, which means uh, every person is born in sin, guys, this is really critical. In eternity, this is going to make all the difference in the world. This is what Bev and this is what Terry got. We're born as sinners in this world, Uh, we're the problem. We can't make ourselves better. We can't work and try to become more religious and more godlike because we are the problem. And until you're willing to go to the one who has the solution that took place on Calvary, Jesus Christ, until you're willing to turn to him and say, I'm a sinner and I can't do a thing about my problem, but I know you have already done that, and I want to call upon the Lord for my salvation today. Friend, until you do that, you're never part of the family. You're always going to be out in the world waiting till the end of time where you stand before God in judgment, where men are cast into what the Bible describes as the lake of fire. I, I hope you'll consider that with all your heart and soul this morning. If you don't know Him as Savior, you could be saved today. If you just would. I'm going to ask you to bow your heads. Our heads bowed and eyes closed this morning.